So last week we looked at one, one thing, focusing, making it happen. And we looked at how David sought one thing. How Mary chose one thing. And how Paul did one thing. And then as a result of that, they all received what God had for them because they were focused. And last week, during the message, I mentioned something. And I'd quite like to look at that this week. It was like a passing comment. So you may not remember it. You might do. I don't know. Um, But I said this. Fear is a tool used by the enemy to try and direct our path. And you know, when you're driving along or you're going along in your life and you get distracted, you get pulled off to one side or the other, one of the biggest distractions in life for us is fear. Because fear pulls us off from the way that God is taking us. And fear is directly opposed to what God has for us. If the enemy can convince us to fear something in our lives, we'll end up going in that direction. Satan's mission in life is to tempt us. And one of his greatest temptations is fear. And I say temptation because fear is a temptation. Normally you speak about temptation when you're referring to sin. And I'm going to tell you something that you may not have realized this morning. And it's a little like to the point. If Satan tempts us to sin and he also tempts us to fear, you do the math. Sin equals fear. Fear equals sin. Fear is actually a sin. Did you know that? You're like, dang, I'm a sinner. Me too. It's okay, I'm a sinner too. Because we've all feared. But do you know why fear is a sin? Because fear is opposed to faith. And the Bible says in Romans 14 that anything that you don't do in faith is a sin. In other words, anything you do out of fear is a sin. There's a proverb, one of my favorite proverbs, it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. In other words, sometimes we can be going down a path that we think is fine. Maybe there are little niggling fears in your life, thoughts that have popped into your head, and you don't really pay them much attention. But without realizing, they start growing. And you spend more and more time dwelling on those fears until before you know it, you're focused on that fear and you're going in that direction. Instead of being filled with faith and going after Jesus, You're filled with fear and you're going off after ultimately death. It's a path in your life that you can't afford today. As a consequence, we have to eradicate fear in our lives. Now I want to explain 
this process a little bit by looking at a word in the Bible. We're going to look at one word today. It's a simple message. How many of you like that? This is a one-word message. Unfortunately for you, the word is in Hebrew. So turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready to learn some Hebrew today? You're like, Hebrew? What's that? It's a language, just in case you're wondering. It's a language that the Bible was written in. And we find in the Bible some of the answers to the original meaning in the Hebrew words. And I want to look at a special word today. But before I do, I want to give you the title of this message. The title today is The Squeeze. Turn to the person next to you and say, The Squeeze. The Squeeze. How many of you are ready to be squeezed this morning? To be squashed, to be squished. Let's see what comes out. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we're going to try and do this. Now, I only have my notes here. I printed them out. Maybe Juan Diego, you can help me. In my bag are my, 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 my notes. In the meantime, we're going to go to this, and we're going to try and see if this works. I don't know if you can get my iPad on the screen. Let's see if it works. They're, they're working some magic, and while they do, I'm going to pull it up here too. Um, here we go. We got it? Oh, nice. There you go. You can see everything I see. Here are my notes, just in case you're wondering. Can you read those? Ooh. Um, nice. Oh, just brought my bag. That works. Thank you. Here we go. That's all we like. So today we're going to look at the squeeze. And we're going to look at a passage in the Bible in Exodus 7 and verse 1. Exodus 7 verse 1. I'm going to bring this up here. I'm just doing some little, here we go. Now you're looking at that and saying, it's all Hebrew to me. Uh, sorry for the, the dumb joke. Here we go. So we're going to read out chapter 7 and verse 1. If you have it in your Bibles, you can look at it because it's kind of small on the screen, so I'm not going to bother following. It says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I make you as God to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. You shall speak all that I command to you, and your brother Aaron shall speak to Pharaoh, that he let the sons of Israel go out of this land. But I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and I may, that I may multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. The word I want to look at today is this word, harden. Harden. And we're going we're gonna to have a look at what it looks like in the Hebrew right here. You're like, okay, that's kind of weird, but I'm going to show you. Because there's two, there's one word that we want to look at specifically, it's harden. And this word has a special meaning. And actually the, the, the passage here hasn't really kind of got to the root of what this word means. And as a result, there's a lot of confusion about what this passage means. And so we're going to try and clarify today. Now, the, the word in the Hebrew, in the original Hebrew, is actually the word chazak. Say to the person next to you, chazak. You got to get that like ch, ch, ch. Try not to spit on them. Say chazak. And it looks like this. Here we go. I'm going to see if I can, I can draw it today. This is a ch. Then we've got the z. I'm going to do this a little bit thicker. 
And then we've got um, a funny little symbol right here called um, Kof, Chazak. Now, can you read that? What does it say? There you go. You see, you can read some Hebrew. Give yourselves a round of applause. You're learning Hebrew. Chazak. I'm going to write it out in English underneath. Roughly like that. A little dot there to show that it's a ch. Chazak. Now, this word has a very special meaning. It's one of the oldest words in the Bible. Did you know that? No, because you didn't know any Hebrew, but I'm telling you today. Chazak is one of the oldest words in the Bible. And I want to look at two passages, this one in Exodus, and then another passage a little bit later on to find out the meaning of this word. Now, in this passage, the Bible that we have today translates it as hardened. And it says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not allow the Israelites to leave. Now, when you think about that, you're kind of like, well, that's kind of weird. So God makes Pharaoh's heart hard so that he refuses to let the Israelites go so that God can inflict lots of pain and suffering on them. Surely God's like intervening with free will. Surely like he's making Pharaoh think something that maybe Pharaoh doesn't want to think. The problem is that that's not a good translation of the word. The word actually means this, to strengthen. Say to the person next to you, to strengthen. So it means to strengthen. It's also used in another passage, and we're going to look at that right now. It's also used in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6. The same word with a very different translation in the Bible. Joshua chapter 1. And I'm going to read a little bit around, but we're going to get to chapter 6. It says this, No, no man, and this is God speaking to Joshua, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Now, do you think you spotted the word that possibly could be the Hebrew word chazak in that passage? Who thinks they saw it? Megan. Be strong. It's actually not. Because there's two Hebrew words for be strong. And they, it uses it, but just, that was a trick question, sorry. That was kind of mean. This passage uses two words. It says, be strong, that's one Hebrew word, and very courageous. Chazak. That's the use of the word chazak. So God says to Joshua, be strong and chazak. Be strong and very courageous. Well, hang on a second, because we have the same Hebrew word that in one sense is translated hardened, and the, in another sense is translated very courageous. How does that work? It's the same word. 
Because the process of strengthening produces different results. The process of strengthening produces different results. And I want to look at these two people, Joshua and Pharaoh, today. Because they were two very different people with very different results of their lives. And so we're going to go back to the first passage. We're having a bit of a theology lesson today. We're going to look first at Pharaoh. And I always put the A and the O the wrong way around in this word. So let's hope I get that right. Pharaoh. Now it says Pharaoh's heart was hardened by God. Or if we use our proper translation, Pharaoh's heart was strengthened by God. Now to me, that conjures up an image of somebody getting their hands around something with a lot of strength and squeezing it. Has anyone ever, you're looking at me like, has anyone ever had a bear hug? Have you ever received a bear hug? Yeah or no? When someone's gone up to you and they've just grabbed you and gone, and you're like, if someone like Momo does it to you, you're like, please don't do that again. Because it literally squeezes the life out of you. To me, that's what I see. I see God getting a hold of Pharaoh's heart and going like this. Strengthening his heart. Now, to, to show you a little bit of maybe what this looks like, I've got an orange here with, an, with a squeezer. Have you ever used one of these before? So I, I hadn't. Someone bought it for me um, to squeeze lemons, but I'm going to use it for an orange. And imagine this is Pharaoh's heart, and God puts it in his special squeezer. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pop the mic down for this, but you're going to see what happens. And God applies the pressure, the strength. The question is, what comes out? Orange juice. Why? Because that's what was inside. Sorry for the people who have to clean. That's what was inside. Inside an orange is orange, is juice. So when God comes to Pharaoh and he strengthens Pharaoh's heart, he puts on the squeeze. What comes out of Pharaoh's heart? Fear, fear of loss, fear of failure, fear of losing face, which ultimately leads to pride. Or in the words of a very wise little green goblin type man, fear leads to hate, hate leads to anger, anger leads to the dark side. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's fine. The people who are laughing do. It's a quote from a movie, a very famous movie. When God puts on the pressure, what comes out of Pharaoh's heart? His pride. His fear. And despite everything that God throws at him, the more 
that God puts upon him, the more he squeezes him. With every plague, he squeezes him a little bit more. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I know that by the time the frogs come, my wife is like, okay, I'm done. Because she hates frogs. The other day, I, was, um, I woke up early to do my devotional. This is a random story. It doesn't have anything to do with my message, but just, just to add to the message. I was, I was sat there in my living room reading my Bible, and I heard this thudding sound, like doom, 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 against the door. It was kind of like weird, and I was like, oh, it was all dark except for where I was reading, and I was like, oh, it must be something outside. And then it stopped, and then a few minutes later, doom, doom, doom. That sounds like something is trying to get in the door, like something's like jumping against the window. Now, after about like 10 minutes, I was like, I can't concentrate on reading my Bible, so I'm going to go see what this, ha- what this is. And so I get up, and I go over to the door, and not outside, but inside the house, there's a frog jumping at the window trying to get out the house. I was like, oh my goodness, I rebuke this plague of frogs from my house, this curse that God has brought upon me. Whatever it is, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. Get out, evil frog. Thankfully, my wife wasn't awake because I also found some poop on the floor. That was pretty gross. Um, Don't leave your doors open at any moment in South Florida, especially when there's a lot of rain because the frogs will come in your house. Now, plague of frogs, my wife is done. She's out of there. I don't know about you guys, but Pharaoh went right up until the end, until nothing left. And even then, when he let the Israelites go, he still came after them. It was still there. There's nothing else but pride and fear in his life. Where did it lead him? To death. He followed the Israelites into the Red Sea. And the Red Sea caved in on top of him. And he was no more. When God puts the squeeze on in your life, What comes out? Because at the end of the day, there's only really two options, fear or faith. You either act out of fear or you act out of faith. Notice that when Pharaoh was receiving all these plagues, the Bible says that God sent them, not Satan. Now, I'm not saying that everything that goes wrong in your life is either Satan or God. But sometimes God allows things in our lives. Why? To put the squeeze on. To strengthen your heart and see what's inside. The question is, how are you going to react? Are you going to be like Pharaoh? Is what comes out of your heart going to be fear? Or are you going to be like Joshua? And let's read again what God says to Joshua. He says, just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and be even stronger. Be courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very, very courageous because in this moment, I am going to put the squeeze on. In this moment, when you go into the land, You're going to have to fight. And there's going to be moments when you're thinking, what on the earth have I got myself into? 
If you know the story, there was a moment like that when they tried to take a city called Ai and they were defeated by a small city. And I'm pretty sure in that moment, Joshua's like, where's the strength and the courage now? What's going to come out of my heart? Thankfully, jo Joshua, I said Joseph didn't they? Joshua had faith in his heart, and that's what came out. And that's what drove him to act like he did. And he got down on his knees, and he cried out to God. And he said, God, speak to us. And God revealed that there was sin in the camp and they rooted it out and they went back to that city and they destroyed it. There are strongholds in your life that maybe seem to be getting the better of you. Maybe you've suffered defeat or loss. Maybe you're going through difficulties in your life. Maybe the squeeze is being applied day in, day out, and you're like, ah! What's going to come out? Are you going to allow fear to come out? Or are you going to dig deep and find faith to apply to the situation and see God transform your life as Joshua did? And we know Joshua was a great man of God who defeated the inhabitants of the land, created a promised land. And actually the root of Joshua is the same root to the name Jesus. Joshua became the forerunner of Jesus. Just as Joshua provided a promised land for the physical people of God, Jesus provided a promised land for us. And there is a promised land that we can enter into, but it depends on what comes out of our hearts. When God puts on the squeeze, when God tests us, what's going to come out, fear or faith? And I want to ask you today, what is in your heart today? What is in your heart when God puts on the pressure? You know, I'm going to tell you something personal. I don't really say this much. When I was younger, I wasn't the perfect child. And I'm not the perfect man either. But back then, I wasn't the perfect child. And, and although, you know, in some things I was like obedient, I was the kind of kid that, when you did something wrong, you kind of bent over and just, just took it like a, like a kid. Not like my son. When he does something wrong, you're like, okay, here comes the, the smackdown, as you call it. He's like, he converts, he transforms. He actually, the other day, he actually managed to like kick like something off the wall because he was like so opposed to having, I'm not going to go into child discipline and all that, but... He was so opposed to me talking to him and talking to him with a little stick. I was the kind of kid that was like, okay, yeah, whatever, just get it over with because I know it's coming. But in some things, I wasn't perfect. And when I got under pressure, something would come out and it wasn't faith. It wasn't life. To the point where when I was a child, I, I used to get really angry. Maybe some of you can relate, maybe not, but when God put on the squeeze, and he does even when you're a kid, I would get so mad. I would like go into my room and like punch stuff. This is the old self before God rescued me and delivered me and, and all that. And, and I would actually just, I would like punch the wall 
the point where I actually put a hole in it once. I'm really confessing all my sins this morning. It was there, it was there for like, I think like five years until my dad actually forced me to fix it. Um, I had a great grandfather who helped me do it. He was like into all that kind of stuff, you know, like filling in the walls. And, but when God put the squeeze on me when I was younger, what would come out was anger, was frustration, ultimately because of fear. Because I didn't have faith in God that everything would turn out okay. I didn't have that word that Joshua had received, that I will be with you, just as I was with my servant Moses. And so in the moment, what came out was what was inside. Fear, anger, mistrust, frustration. Now, I don't know if you can relate to that this morning, if that's ever happened in your life. When the pressure goes on and, and it just gets too much that... You know, your mom's cat walks across and, and they're like, oh my goodness, what did I do? And you're like, is it okay? It's alive, breathing, okay, it's fine. Nothing happened. I used to do that with my nan's dogs, but that was because they used to try and bite me, but that's another story. That's why I don't like chihuahuas. They're evil creatures. Sorry if you have a chihuahua, but... My nan destroyed my love of chihuahuas when I was a young child, when it used to bite my heels. There are moments in our lives when it just gets too much, and what comes out is what's inside. What's inside your heart today? Is it fear or is it faith? What do you choose today, fear or faith? To be afraid or to trust in God. And trust, faith, by definition, is believing even though you can't see the result. And is the only thing that can bring you peace. It is the only thing that can change your heart. It is the only thing that can help you weather the storm. The squeeze comes. Faith will prove you a victor. Fear will ultimately lead you to failure. Whether it's God who sends a plague of frogs on your house, or whether it's the enemy who begins to put things on you, whether it's just life. In general, your bills, your school, whatever it might be. And sometimes the smallest thing can send you over the edge. The smallest thing is like that last little push and suddenly all the juice comes out. The juicy stuff. And I want to finish with one last testimony when I was at a university and, and I was studying Actually, Greek. I did theology at university, and, and I was studying Greek, and I was kind of one of those students who would try and wing it as much as possible. Sorry, God. Um, Last-minute cramming and all that. And, and, well, a language, you can't really wing it. you got to just learn it. And so I put a little bit more effort in, and I learned it. And I got to the, the day before the exam, and it's just an exam. And I'm the kind of person who doesn't sweat at an exams. I just walk in. 
I'm like, whatever, whatever happens, happens, and I'll get out the other end, and it'll be fine. I'll either pass or fail. Well, you know, I'm not going to lose a day of worrying over the exam. You might not be. You might be the person who's, like, literally got no nails left, and, and everything's like, the world is at an end. But I got to the night before my Greek exam in first year, and a thought came to me. And it starts with a thought. That's what the enemy does. He tempts us to fear with a thought. And the thought was, what if you fail? What if you forget everything you've learned? What if you get in there and your mind goes blank? What if, and it was kind of a hard exam because you had to like do grammar and then you had to do translation. And it was probably the hardest course I've ever taken because it was one year to learn all of New Testament Greek and translate like 10 chapters and know them and they were going to show you something that you've never seen in your life before so I was like and I'm not kidding it was like a spirit of fear came on me in that moment I'd never experienced it before and it was just an exam why am I telling you this it can be something small in your life that maybe to everyone on the outside they're like why are you worrying about this why are you afraid but to you, it's the hugest mountain in the world. And I'll tell you, that night, I hardly slept. Not because I was cramming for my studies. Not because I was tossing and turning in my bed, because I was praying. And I'm not kidding. I've never prayed so much about an exam in my life. Not because I wanted to pass the exam, but because I hated the feeling of fear in my life. Like that, I never experienced it before. I was like, what is this? Something is coming out that I don't like. God, I am not going to live with this in my life. And that whole night, I spent praying. I was up to like three in the morning. My exam was nine o'clock the next day. Don't advise it unless you really have to. And I was drinking coffee and praying and sweating it out. And by the end, it was like God provided a release. There's a passage in the Bible. One of my favorite passages. I'm not going to give you the reference because I want you to memorize the verse, the words. It says, God is a gracious God. He will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can bear, but will provide a way out for us. And I want to tell you this. When God squeezes you, he always shows you a way out. He always provides a way out. Sometimes you've got to look for it. Sometimes you've got to fight for it. Sometimes you've got to get down on your knees, and that's why my jeans are so ripped. No, I'm just kidding. Sometimes you've got to get down on your knees, and you just got to cry out to God, God, help me. Change me. Change my heart. Break me. Make me somebody different. I don't like what's coming out in this moment. And that's what happened. And, and I got to three in the morning, and something just changed in the moment. And it was like a peace came on me. And I just went, I fell asleep, thankfully. And I woke up the next morning, and I actually, I was like, I'm going to do my devotional today because that's the most important thing. And I opened my Bible, and I, and I read a passage in John, kind of like a random passage, and it didn't speak to me at all. And I was like, okay, thank you, God, but I'm just going to, I'm going to do this exam and trust in you, even though you didn't speak to me this morning. And I got to the exam, and I started it. And the bit that I was most worried about was this passage that I'd never seen before in my life. And I got to it, and I'm not kidding, I opened it, and it was exactly what I'd read that morning in the Bible. 
It's like the dumbest thing, an exam. But God helps you in everything. That was a miracle. How many pages are there in the Bible? How many passages are there in the Bible? How many words are there in the Bible? And I read the very one that was on the exam that morning. I was like, get in. Boom. Thankfully, I passed. I didn't get like top marks because I think that's impossible because they're pretty mean at university. But it meant that I could go on to go on to next year. God is gracious. He always provides a way out. You just have to look for it in faith. I want to invite you to stand. Because today there's an opportunity. Maybe you're going through the squeeze. Maybe you've been through the squeeze and what came out you didn't like. Or maybe you're waiting for the squeeze. Unfortunately, it is coming. Why? Because God wants to see what's in your heart. And you know, there is an incredible truth in the Bible. And we find it in the very last time Jesus shed his blood. Jesus shed his blood seven times when he went through the cross. And everything we have in our lives is because of what Jesus won for us on the cross. And the very last time he shed his blood was from his heart. And the Bible says when this this soldier came to him they needed to make sure that he was dead because he he cried out in that moment he said it is finished and he breathed his last and there he was dead on the cross but they wanted to make sure normally they break the legs of someone who's dying on a cross because they then they can't breathe anymore but instead he took a spear and he he lanced it through Jesus side right here and it went up and what came out was what was in Jesus' heart. And the Bible says that blood and water flowed from his side. Doctors say that sometimes in a human being there can be so much anguish, so much pain that the heart can't take it anymore. And it eruptures. And then obviously the blood that's in the heart mixes with everything else that's in the body. We're 60% or 70% water. The Bible says blood and water flowed. Why? Because Jesus' heart was squeezed and squeezed until it couldn't take it anymore. And it broke for you and I. What does it mean? It means that what Jesus went through on the cross, we don't have to go through. This morning, if you've been through the squeeze, if you've been through difficulties in your life, if you're going through and and you're like, what is in my heart today? Through Jesus' blood that he shed from his heart, you can replace all that bad character, all that anger, all that frustration, all that stress, ultimately, all that fear that you have in your life. By allowing Jesus' blood to come upon your life and by replacing your heart, your heart of Pharaoh for the heart of Joshua or Jesus, 
you today can receive a new heart. And that heart is going to allow you to focus on that one thing. That heart is going to allow you to have the character of Jesus. And so I want to pray for you today, if that's you. If you've been going through things and you don't like what's coming out, today is an opportunity for a new heart. If you're the kind of person that stresses and worries even about the little things, I want to invite you today to come down the front. Because today God wants to change you, not your situation, not your circumstance, not the squeezer. But He wants to change your heart. He wants to change you. He wants to make you different. He wants to give you a new character. He wants to give you a new heart. The Bible says in Ezekiel that God will replace a heart of stone and give a heart of flesh. And so when the squeeze comes, and it will come, and it will come again, what will come out is grace and peace and faith and life and love. And in those moments, the most difficult moments that you will ever have to live, be a different person you'll be a person of faith who can look at the circumstance and say God is in control and I'm at peace because I have faith so just where you are if you're here at the front or if you're anywhere in this room I want to invite you to put your hand on your heart and I want you to repeat this prayer after me Lord Jesus for dying on the cross for me. I thank you for shedding your blood for me. I thank you that you gave your heart for me. And today, Lord, I ask that you would take my heart, my heart of stone, my heart of fear, my heart of pride, my heart of anxiety, my heart of anger, my heart of frustration, my heart of worry. Lord, that you would take it right now and you would replace it with your heart. A heart of faith that looks to you in every situation and every circumstance that never gets worried, that doesn't fear a single thing on this earth because it is a heart focused on one thing and that's Jesus Christ. Today, Lord, I release my heart to you. I let it go. All that pain, all that worry, all that anxiety, I give it over to you on the cross. And just where you are, you're going to see Jesus on the cross right now. You're going to visualize Jesus on the cross and see him there. Broken, wounded. And you're going to see that spear go into his side. And as it does, blood and water comes out. What was left of his heart comes out for you. Jesus shed his last drop of blood for you so that you can be different, so that you can be changed, so that you can have His character, a character that is filled with faith. Today, simply receive it.
as you look upon the cross, just receive it right now. Just place your trust in Jesus. And you're going to say, Lord, I repent of every time I have allowed the fear to get the better of me. Of every time when you've squeezed me and what's come out has been fear. What's come out has been that old nature, that person who doesn't please you, Lord. As we said at the beginning, fear is a sin because it doesn't show faith in God. Today, you're going to repent of that fear. You're going to say, God, I repent today of my fear, of not trusting in you, of not believing that you are able in every situation and circumstance. Today, I repent and I receive your forgiveness in my life. And I receive joy, that peace that comes from faith in you, from a belief that does not waver in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. And just with your eyes closed in this moment, wherever you are in this room, if, if you're new here, you've never done that before, if you've never asked God to come into your life and replace your, your character for His, if you've never asked God to help you in those situations, but you did it in that moment, I want to invite you to just lift your hand as our eyes are closed. If you did that for the first time, just raise your hand to acknowledge, to say, God, I want to follow you. I want you to be my one thing. I want to give my life to you. I want to put my faith in you through every storm. Thank you. Amen. If that's you, if you lifted your hand, we have something for you at the back or if you're new here today, at the end of this meeting, we have um, our Connect Corner. I want to invite you to go there. We have a gift for you. um, We want to know about you. We want to help you. We want to pray for you. So at the end of this meeting, you can go to our Connect Corner, um, fill out a card, and we can give you um, a free gift for you to take away from this meeting because we want to see God work in your life and change you. But today, if for the rest of you, if that was you, if you come down here to the front, I just want to invite you to just lift your hands where you are. And we're just going to worship God and thank Him to finish this meeting for what He has done in our lives. And you're going to visualize the new you as you worship Him through the eyes of faith. The new you who does not fear, that does not get worried, that does not get worked up about things. Just lift your hands in this place and begin to worship Jesus. Worship Him where you are. Just worship Him.